Hi everybody, this is Andy Elford, the host of the podcast, All Andy Elford. And tonight's show is a special live edition of All Andy Elford, as we do our show on Facebook Live this evening. So tonight's show is unedited, unrehearsed, and full of content. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guess who's back? All Andy Elford. And a shot at a goal! Wow. Absolute wow. I just can't believe it. What a game tonight. But we witnessed at the Huntington Center this evening from being, I think, down. I mean, they were down in the dumps. It felt like being down 4-1. I was watching the game with the family, sitting around watching the game, and all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, they start... Chipping, chipping, chipping away. And this game tonight, I mean, yes, bear bear in mind, bear in mind this, folks. It's just one game. I understand it's just one game out of this series. And it's good to get some momentum. Going into game four on Friday night. But it's still a daunting task in front of us. But let's celebrate tonight on this special edition of All Andy Alfred. As we're coming to you live tonight from the Man Cave Studios here in Toledo, Ohio. And welcome into a special post-game edition of All Andy Alfred right here on the All Andy Alfred Network. And you're listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the All Andy Offer Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen to our show, wherever, whenever you're listening, thank you. Again, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. We are also on Facebook Live as well, as we are going to be be with you here for about an hour or so to recap what we witnessed tonight. We'll also have, of course, as always, for every post game show, we have our good friend Wes Carr joining. Will be joining us tonight to recap. He was at the Bank Tank tonight, and he'll give us his take on what he saw in the arena, the atmosphere, as well as the unbelievable comeback that he witnessed in the seats tonight. So, lots to get into. Again, go ahead, post your comments right here on our Facebook Live. I want your reaction. Huge win for this team tonight. A big momentum swing in this series a little bit as it picks up a little bit of steam. And we're going to get into the game here in just a few seconds and recap the whole thing. But I, I want your reaction into what we witnessed tonight at the Huntington Center to see this walleye team and see what they did tonight in front of a great crowd on hand. So let's, you know, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. You know, a great crowd. Uh, a, a nice a- evening. It wasn't hot like it was in Boise. You know, the team, and we'll, we're going to get into, before we get into tonight's game, let's get into some backtracking from after game two. We get the report from Dave, from Mark Monroe as well as Dave Briggs about the whole situation that happened out in Idaho with regarding of the team sleeping in the st- sleeping in the arena in the suite levels as well as sleeping in some of the locker rooms as well. To that I say it should be a shame on how bad the, the Idaho team put this team put the walleye up. Especially how they, you know, gave them the less staying facilities to you know conduct business. Now sure I understand that Luke Combs was in the area doing his concert at over at Boise State University at the Blue Turf. But, you know, you should be planning ahead no matter what the situation is. 
you know, if you're an Idaho team, you should in this organization should be blocking out some rooms or blocking out some areas for the opposition teams to come in. I mean, Allen does it. I mean, the Walleye definitely do it. Kalamazoo does it. Cincinnati does it. No matter what the situation, they block out rooms and they have ended up ending up, you know, basically screwing the Walleye over the whole situation and then giving them the facilities when they do check into the hotel. And it becoming, you know, rat droppings, bed bug infestations. That's not a good look for the Boise, Boise, Idaho. It does not look good for Boise, Idaho at this whole situation. So I will say this. It was terrible on that part. I also have to make blame of what happened yesterday. If you were, if you didn't see the tweet I posted out from Tyler Segerman from Channel 11, he said 11 players yesterday dressed for practice. They had a full pra- they were supposed to have a full practice. However, half the team, the other half of the 11 players that did not make the other the the other half of the team that did not make the make the trek back from Idaho. They were coming back late last night. So, and here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Idaho was in town, was in town on Monday. They came in on Monday. They're staying at the Renaissance downtown. They've been in town, and the walleye players, the majority of them came back late yesterday afternoon, evening. Had a short practice today because it's game day. While Idaho was in town on Monday, had a full practice on Tuesday and a half practice today on Wednesday before the game this evening. So again, I say it again. It should be shameful, absolutely shameful, on how the organization of Idaho performed in this situation. Absolutely shameful on this. But let's get to the game. Let's get to what we witnessed tonight at the Bank Tank. A great crowd on hand. Of 8,300 in attendance, all standing room only, which was great to see. And as it, you know, we were wondering if, you know, Sheets was going to give up the first goal. Was he going to, was this walleye offense finally going to break Shield and Sheet and get it in the back of the net? The question I had, that was the biggest question. Because this kid was going on a three-game shutout streak. Two against the Fish, one against Allen in the previous series. Could the Fish get the golden goal and get going and start building the momentum? And they do. Three minutes and 26 seconds into the first period, Brett McKenzie gets his second of the playoff campaign from Hensick and Ebbing even strength. And the fish jumped out to an early one nothing lead, and they draw first blood. It's good to see that the fish draw first blood. However, you know Idaho was just keeping on capitalizing on opportunity after opportunity, and Idaho does capitalize as Dorsey gets his eighth of the season from Hendrick and Pelton Price, and it's one 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 halfway through towards the end of the first period. But it just doesn't continue. It continues. And Kosa then gets rocked again in that same period with Kendrum getting his fifth of the season from Miller and Becker. And it's 2-1 Walleye at the 18:51 mark of the first period. And that's where it stood after 20 minutes of play. The Fish down 2-1 after 20 minutes. Toledo out shooting Idaho in the game 11-9. Then we get into the second period. Now, I, and then I was thinking at the same time, too, you know, 2-1, we're still in this hockey game. We are still in this hockey game. There's an absolute opportunity that this team could absolutely, you know, continue to, you know, get back into the swing of things. But Idaho then steps onto the gas and steps onto the, steps onto the walleye's throat, especially with a pow- big power play coming off the power play in the start of that second period. As Pelton Price gets his sixth of the season from Hendrick and Kuda, on the power play, and it's a 3-1, 3-1 Idaho lead. And I'm saying to myself, 
you know, we're still in this game. We get, we still got plenty of time. And then, again, not even seven minutes later, Dalton Bryce, his second of the period, seventh of the season, second of the game, again on the power play. Again, another costly penalty for Toledo. And they they give it up another one. And it was a it was a killer for me. At that point, it was 4-1. And I looked at I was looking at my wife while we we're watching this game. I was looking at my wife and I said to myself, This is it. This is the series. They've got the momentum. Idaho's got the momentum. They've got they've got Costa's number now. They're driving. This one, I think it's over. And then of course, Toledo proves me. Proves me wrong. With Gordy Green getting his seventh of the season from Tutayev and McCourt on the power play, capitalizing on the opportunity, and it was four to Toledo after 40 minutes of play. Idaho out shooting Toledo in that period, 11 to 9. So the shots are even after 40 minutes of play. And I said this to, to, to Logan. I sent this to Wes. I sent this to, I sent this to, to my friend Phil. I said at the beginning of this game, I said I had a feeling it was going to be a 4 2 Idaho game. And I see that Logan commented there, 4 2 Idaho. I had that feeling. I absolutely had that feeling that this game was going to be, you know, Toledo get through a couple goals, but Idaho was going to put it away. And at that time, when it was after 40 minutes with it being 4-2, I thought at that time, you know, she was going to absolutely just, you know, hunker down, stop the play. And I was, you know, I was, I was feeling like, you know, he was going to, you know, step up to the plate. He was done. He was done. And I was wrong. I admit I was wrong because Drew Warad capitalizing on his fifth of the season from Keenan and Hensick at the 457 mark of the third period cuts the deficit down to four to three. And I'm saying to myself at the time I'm watching this game, I'm saying, you know, this is for real. But I have to say every chance that Toledo gets, you know, they're 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 causing a penalty or they're causing themselves they're shooting themselves in the foot by dancing around with the puck and not putting the puck on net tonight was a different outcome for this team they really stepped up to the plate put the puck on put the puck more on net than anything else and that was great to see getting into the traffic areas and getting an opportunity to score and the big one to me was the tying goal as Tutayev gets it and buries it on the power play. The team was on a five-on-three, could not capitalize on the five-on-three. The five-on-three ends, but Tutayev says, uh-uh, we're still five-on-four, and buries it past Sheet, and it's a 4-4 four, four tie hockey game. 4-4. Four, four. The Fish come all the way back from 4-1 down. To score three unanswered. To tie the hockey game. And at that time. And I will admit this. I will absolutely admit this right here on this program. I said to myself. I'm wrong. But I've seen this happen before. So many times. Toledo rallies and comes back to tie the hockey game. Just for Idaho. Just to possibly just ended in overtime, or ended in regulation on a weird bounce, on a bad play, on a miss, on a check that should not have happened, and it breaks into a two-on-one and scoring like it did in Game 7 against South Carolina in 2014. I figured that was what was going to happen. But Uncle Fester and Brandon Hawkins, Barton had the shot. And I got to give Barton a credit on it. Shooting that puck, putting it on sheets. And then Hawkins, the slimmest of margins to have that tip into the net. The Fish take a 5-4 lead. And the Huntington Center is rocking and rolling. And it's going crazy. It was so loud. 
as the next play happened that Idaho dumped it into the zone. It was an icing call. Toledo gave a check to one to Murray, and Murray was taking exception to it because he thought the play was still going on, but in reality, it was an icing call. It was so loud that they did not hear the whistle. But my fear was with the fish up 5-4 to four, that the Idaho Steelheads would just somehow, someway, come back and take, you know, tie the game and force overtime. But Toledo put their pants on and got into their zone, putting the puck in play, making opportunity after opportunity to just put it into the neutral zone, putting it into Idaho's zone, not letting Idaho having an opportunity to get into the Toledo offensive Toledo's zone to set up an offensive play. Does not happen. The clock hits three zeros. And the walleye from 4-1 down. Rally back to win 5-4 to four tonight at the Huntington Center. Toledo wins 5-4. to four. They outshot Idaho in the game 32-30. They had 12 shots in the third period to Idaho's 10. Toledo 2-for-6 on the power play. Idaho 2-for-5. Toledo had 5 goals with 10 assists, 15 points. Idaho 4 goals, 8 assists, 12 points in total. Like I mentioned before, 8,300 in attendance at the Huntington Center. Two hours and 38 minutes took to play the game. It was the three stars of the game. Uh, Pelton Price, the number three star. It was Tatayev with the game-tying goal, gets the number two star. And Brandon Hawkins gets the number one star tonight as Sebastian Kosa stopped 26 of 30. Same percentage of a point eight seven five. You know, some of the plays tonight with Kosa, it felt like he was he was getting pressured a lot, and he got bumped many a times. And that's one thing I wish that the league would take a look at to watch for game four to see if Idaho really pushes pushes the pressure on the goaltender to push like more past the goaltender interference situation. I would like to see that happen. But she gets the Stop 27 of 32, save percentage of a point eight two five in the game for, for the Idaho Steelheads in this game. By the way, if you look at it was pretty much a clean game in a lot of aspects. A lot of penalties going towards both teams. But, you know, nothing too major like we saw in game one with the Sturt situation. And I did see it on the Toledo Hockey Facebook page of a pitcher from the stands pointing up into the suite level to see Sturts and a lot of the scratches that did not want to play, that could not play in this game. They were standing up watching the game up in the suite level. It will be interesting, and I got to say this, and it will be interesting to see if they will, you know, come out for game four. But I have this to say. Isn't it great to see John Albert on the ice actually, you know, putting the contact on the on the on the steelheads putting the contact developing the play that's what a captain should do that's what a captain should do for his team plain and simple if he did that in game if he was on the ice in game one this would be a different situation in my opinion different situation different situation so i admit it i was wrong I felt like Toledo was going to lose this game tonight, be down 3 nothing. I said it to a bunch of people that I knew, but I was wrong. I will admit that. Like I said, I eat crow, but it's a tough test now. Again, I know that you're going to say momentum, 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 but let me tell you this. Idaho just has to win one game here. One game here to be up 3-1 possibly or 3-2 possibly. And they get the final two games in Idaho where Toledo could not find the back of the net. Where they were sleeping in the suites, sweeping in the locker rooms, and you know, just doing just doing what they're trying to do to get on to play. We need to get this series to th- if we're gonna win this series. 
And to be honest with you, fully honest with you, we need to win this series. We need to take all three games now at the Huntington Center to put the pressure on Idaho to put a game six and a game seven. And I will say this. If it does go that, and I'm not going to say it goes to that. If it goes to six and seven, well, I'll, I'll give you this. Game seven would be Wednesday, the 31st of May. Okay? That's game seven. Game one of the Kelly Cup finals would be on June 3rd, Saturday. Two days to prep. Two days to prep for either team if it goes to full seven, whether it be Newfoundland or Florida. And we'll get into the, that series here in just a second. But again, tonight, the Fish, a huge win. Come from behind a, a four-goal deficit to win it 5-4 to four tonight at the Bank Tank. And a great crowd on hand at the Huntington Center. So, I mean, it's good to see. Absolutely good to see. Now, we have, like I said, mentioned before, Eastern Conference Final going on as well to Newfoundland battling Florida. Newfoundland won their game on Monday night 4-1 to one against the Florida Everblades. Now, you're looking at this playoff series. Florida's up two games to one on Newfoundland. Now, with this series now headed for four straight games in Newfoundland starting on Thursday night. 7 o'clock drop for those games on Thursday night. So tomorrow night they will have game four in Newfoundland. Huge game. An absolute huge game regarding that. For the Fish, of course, our next game will be May 26th, which will be Friday night. 7.15 drop at the Huntington Center. It will be the Fish and the Steelheads. Game five, if necessary, which will be now necessary, it will be the Fish taking on Idaho Saturday night, 7-15, puck drop for that one. And like I said, Tuesday, game six in Idaho, if necessary. And then Wednesday, the 31st, will be game seven, if necessary, in Idaho. As the Fisher, the Idaho Steelheads are up two games to one on our Toledo Walleye in the Western Conference Final. So, also, got to make mention of this, too. Tomorrow at 2 p.m., the 2023-2024 ECHL schedule will be released. We'll get to find out when the walleye home opener will be for the 23-24 season. Also, I want to know who we're playing this season in the non-conference schedule. I have been saying this to you guys so much, and I want this to happen. I am tired, and I know you are too, walleye fans. I know that we have to keep playing our divisional opponents, the Fort Waynes, the, the Indianapolises, the Kalamazoos, the Cincinnatis, and that's fine. You play a couple mountain divisions, that's fine. But we need more variety when it comes to the, you know, the Eastern Conference opponents. This year we got Newfoundland, we got Reading this year, uh, we've gotten Greenville, of course, before South Carolina, of course. I like to see Florida come back to Toledo for a game. I like to see Orlando. I would like to see Savannah come to Toledo for a game or a weekend series because if Savannah can go and play in Fort Wayne as well as in Cincinnati as well as in Kalamazoo, why can't they play here in Toledo? Why can't we have more of a variety of everybody? I mean, we have 32 team we have 30 teams in the East Coast Hockey League, if you give everybody an opportunity to play against each other one time and then have all your divisional opponents, that would be perfect. It would honestly be perfect because, you know, we're sick and tired of seeing the same thing. We're seeing the same wheeling and the rotation continues. So a young, so seeing a Savannah, seeing a, uh, a, a Florida or a, a Jacksonville or uh, Orlando, or or possibly, you know, somebody, a Wooster. Seeing somebody new and seeing somebody fresh will put more seats in the butt, more butts in the seats, excuse me, at the Huntington Center if you can get more of a variety of opponents. And I, 
I know yeah, I'm going to get flack for it, but it. I just think that would be a great idea, an absolutely great idea. So we'll see how that all weeks out. Like I said, tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time, they will announce the 2023-2024 ECHL schedule. We'll see where the fish will land on that as the fish continue their playoff push here in the 2022-2023 Kelly Cup playoffs as a big win tonight from a 4-1 deficit they win tonight 5-4 at the Huntington Center this evening as you are watching and listening to a special edition of All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network uh, formerly on the Anchor Network now on the All Andy Offer Network whether it be on Apple Music Google Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Bleaker however you're listening wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in to the program tonight. As, as of course, it has just gone final. The Eastern Conference opponent for the NHL will reside in Sunrise, Florida. As the Florida Panthers defeat the Carolina Hurricanes in a four-game sweep. Over the over the Carolina Hurricanes, four to three. Sergey Bobrovsky again is now four wins away from lifting the Stanley Cup. Unbelievable, absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. So the the cup is going to run through Florida, but it's not running through Tampa. It's going to be running through Sunrise, Florida. This upcoming postseason. Of course, you heard of course yesterday Vegas big with the big four nothing win over the Dallas Stars, shutting them out. And the big story of course Jamie Ben with his unethical play to get the cross check and gets the five minute match penalty and the game misconduct. He's out for suspended for two games. I think he's done I think he's done for the season. Because th- Vegas plays Dallas tomorrow, 8 o'clock drop for that one. Vegas up three games to nothing on Dallas. Dallas is on the ropes. I don't think that they're going to be making it to the postseason. Looking it th- doesn't look like they're going to make the cup. So it's going to be Vegas versus Florida for the cup final. Isn't that something that Gary Bedman really wants? Two small market, and I mean I mean Florida, that flo- or team is a small market team. Florida, small market team. Vegas, the golden showers that they have, the golden golden nights and the golden shower of, of beautiful plays. Them getting into the cup final. It's absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, I mean, it'd be inter- it's interesting. It's absolutely interesting to see what's going to happen. In the cup final, of course, you have the Denver Nuggets, of course, in the NBA, sweeping the Los Angeles Lakers in four games straight. Now, tomorrow night will be the Boston Celtics going back to the Garden, a TD Garden, to take on the Miami Heat. Miami up three games to one as Boston came back and won yesterday in their games. So it will be interesting to see how, how that's all going to shake out as well. Uh, also, got to make mention of this as well, too. We are now 50 days away. 50 days away from the start of the Dana Open at Highland Meadows Golf Course. And since I've got most of you on the program tonight, and I've got a good viewership tonight, of course, we're going to lay out what we're going to be doing for the Dana Open before we bring in West Carr. Of course, we're 50 days out for the tournament. It will be taking place in July, the first weekend of uh, first weekend July after the 4th of July. Uh, we're going to be covering the Dana Open for all four days of the tournament, as well as getting you set for our special, of course, preview edition that following Tuesday. And, and we'll be on the course Friday. I'll be on the course Friday and Sunday. Saturday, we might have a special guest covering the Dana Open for you guys. And um, it's going to give him an opportunity to get on the broadcast 
to be a part of the broadcast. Uh, he's been on the program many of times before. We're going to have him on the podcast, have him broadcast the third round coverage, the movement day of the Dana Open from the ninth hole. Remember, we'll be on the ninth hole on Friday and Sunday. Thursday, we'll be here in the studios here at the Man Cave Studios to preview. But then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we will be at the course to give you guys the updates on the Dana Open. We're working on the media credentials for it as well. Uh, we, we, will have, we will be there for the tournament. So if you want, get, the, get your tickets now, DanaOpen.com. 100% of the charity uh, ticket sales goes to charity, uh, children's charities of your choice that they have a list of, a full list of charities. And uh, they have their ground tickets as well as the weekly passes, which I like really much. It's a buy one, get one weekly pass. Buy one pass for $60, get a second one for free. So almost $120 value for $60. Bucks. Can't believe it. Can't wait. Can't, can't beat it at all. Can't beat it at all. So uh, you're watching, and so that is the Dana Open coverage. And uh, we'll have that all set up for you guys right here on All Andy Offer on the All Andy Offer Network. As you're watching and listening to a special edition of All Andy Offer tonight, right here on the All Andy Offer Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker. However you listen, wherever you listen, thank you. Again, thank you for tuning in to the show. As we are now waiting for Wes Carr to join us right here to get his reaction to Game 3 in the Western Conference Final as the Fish come back and win 5-4. Over the Idaho Steelhead. So we're waiting on West here. See if he will be able to join us tonight. We're just we're trying to get him patched in here in just a second. So sit with us right here on Facebook Live as well as on the All Andy Elford Network. Alright, it is time for our, our guests at this time. A huge win tonight for the fish as they come back from a Three goal deficit to win five to four tonight, and we are joined tonight by our good friend Wes Carr, who is a season ticket holder for the Toledo Walleye, of course, and uh, an avid walleye fan and a Jersey aficionado as well. And uh, <laughs> and Wes, uh, good evening to you, uh, Wes. You know, tonight's game was something else. It was a tale of two games. You know, I felt like it was good to see the fish jump out to the early one nothing lead, but then once Idaho came roaring back, you know, there was a little. I I felt it. I think I felt it on the television, and I could hear it in the crowd a little bit. They were getting kind of weary when Idaho went up four one. I want your take on what you were witnessing once uh, Idaho took the lead there, halfway through the second. Yeah, it is. It's kind of felt like the oh here we go um feeling from from uh the previous two losses just um just like is this really gonna happen and not have a comeback or anything like that just gonna watch them score um but luckily that didn't happen yeah (laughs) I mean, I mean, it felt like at the one at the one point when Toledo was up was up one to nothing, and then you saw Idaho then take those get those two quick goals to the end of the first period and take a little bit of the momentum. I felt at that time, you know, we were still, you know, we were still in this game. You know, we're down one. It's fine. We're still fine. But then just to have Idaho come back into the sec- start of the second, get that power first power play goal. Making it a three-one game, and then you know Price getting you know basically back-to-back goals, and making it a four-one game. I thought at that time I looked, I was, I was at home with everybody, and I was just saying to myself, "Oh no, this is it! You know, this is it right here. This is the writing on the wall. We broke through the, we broke through 
the goaltender from Idaho. It's great that we got on the board, but, you know, it, it, we're still down three. You know, we've lost two consecutive games, 3 nothing. It's another three-goal deficit again. I just felt like at that time, you know, it wasn't going to – I felt at that time that was the series. That was going to be it because I just felt that way. But, you know, they proved me wrong. They absolutely proved me wrong. And, you know, Gordy Green getting that big goal to make it 4-2 to two and making it a game, I felt like the building started to becoming alive a little bit. Once you got towards the end of the second period, am I am I correct on that? How how was that feel halfway when Green got that goal? Did you feel like the momentum was starting to come back into the into Toledo's way? Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing when uh, when it was four one, I I was like actually thinking, are they gonna pull Kosa and and uh, put uh, Lesterman in? Yeah, that's what that I was, was thinking too. That, that was my first thought when when that fourth goal went in. Um, but, because I'm like, we can't keep uh, going like this. Yeah. <laughs> to, want, to want any, to get any type of comeback here. Yeah, I mean, I felt like at that time, I mean, you're absolutely right. I felt that too at the same time. I thought, when they went down 4-1, I said, I was telling myself, man, you know, if I was Wadi right now, I would just, I would definitely just pull Kosa right here. I I wouldn't want him to f- keep facing what he's facing because you know they're beating him in every aspect of the shot, whether it be with him being down in the butterfly, whether him being you know halfway upright, you know he's giving up the he's giving up a lot of the rebounds. I felt like at that time when he was down when they were down four one, I felt you know this you know it's it's time to pull pull him, but you know he he stood on his head the rest of the way, and you know it was it was good to see that you know. You know he stood his ground, and you know they took that four. They took four a four two def. They took a a two goal deficit into the intermission. They get through the into the third, and then this team somehow, some way, finds it in their heart. They rally. They get a, They call each other out. Apparently, what they were saying in the post game show tonight with Strack and Watson, they were calling each other out in the in the in the dressing room. And that's probably what caused it. You know, they they woke up and you know they put their pants on, and they started and they started playing hockey. And they get that yeah. get that 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 key goal to make it a four three game. And at that time, and I, I at that time when it was four three, I said, oh okay, now we got something here. We're a down one. We've got plenty of time. And then the Tatayev goal. I mean that goal to me. The whole play set up, Wes. They go on a five on. They go on a five on three. First of all, Tatayev draws the penalty to make it a five right. on three situation. They win. The, Idaho wins the faceoff, but they can't get the puck. And Toledo gets the puck, and they set it up quickly. They can't bury it on the five on three, but Tatayev is right there to pick up the rebound from Sheed. And he buries it. It's it's four four. They come all the way back from a four one deficit, a three goal deficit, to tie the game. And I, I bet you at that point, I'm thinking to myself. I was thinking to myself. I bet you Wes is just jumping up and down. He's like, "Holy!" Uh, he's probably saying, "Holy shit, we came all the way back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. To tie skills, he, he's he's a uh, he's one of my favorite players. So every. Just the way he plays, I like. So when when he's involved, it's it's always fun to watch. Yeah, um, he can put the he plays, he plays very very good, and you know he he had great puck awareness to where that puck was going to be at, especially to that side. He knew that Snead was giving up that that big rebound, and sure enough, it was a big rebound, and it comes right to his stick. And he just puts it in the back of the net and ties his game at four apiece. And I, I bet you, at that time, Wes, was the building just like absolutely rocking at that time? I mean, I, I, uh, I kind of felt like that. Yeah. I felt like everybody was back in their seat. They were standing the entire time. Yeah, we, we, and we had there's like a father son uh, Idaho fans, couple rows in front of us that were uh, they were a little shell shocked. Because they were they were all happy when it was you know four one and then we 
while I gradually come back and tie it, and then uh, then all of a sudden, you know, it's the refs bad calls and everything. You know, they were yeah. quiet before then, but now now the refs are screw, screwing them over. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, I mean, if you think about it, it's actually, it was a lot of the penalties that were called were all, you know, legitimate penalties on Idaho, whether it be the tripping call, whether it be, you know, the slash, whether it be the high sticking call. It was all legitimate calls, so there was no complaining on either on either part, yeah, well, no matter what the And, and they, they, were, they weren't even looking at the big screen, they were just yelling at the ref. I'm like, all they have to do is take a glance to the left and they'll see... I can just see you. I can just see you just telling, just pointing to the board with the high, with the replay showing, just looking at them and telling, just pointing, looking at the board, telling them, look at the board, look at the board. Yep, yep. But but, yep. For, but for me, West, you know, a four four game. I'm looking at this game and I'm saying, oh my god, we've come back, and but there. Uh, that thing in the back of my mind saying, all right, we've come all the way back just for us to, you know, give it up late by either a bad goal, a bad break. Because, you know, as as Toledo hockey fans, we've been burned in the past in the Western Conference Final when we tie the game up. You know, either if it be a force overtime, we go back to we, – we, we've talked about it many times before. In, in 14 when they played South Carolina and they had the hard check – and it turned into the two-on-one, and South Carolina went on and scored the game-winning goal in Game Seven of triple overtime. I felt at that time that 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 mindset was creeping in the back of my head and was coming forward a little bit. I was like, "Oh God, you know, we're four-four, we're into over, we're gonna probably be playing overtime, and it's just gonna be that way." But I thought the Barton the Barton shot on Schneid. And having Hawkins, having his stick on the ice finally, because you know me, I've been talking about it, I I talked about it on my show on on Sunday. I I bet you probably heard a heard a little bit about it. I was saying that Hawkins somehow some way never keeps his stick on the ice the entire time. He always has it about yeah about it at his chest height. He had his stick on the ice tonight, and just finds that tip. To get past Need to take the lead, I mean, I literally, I literally jumped out of my seat. And I said, "Oh my goodness!" From four one down to five four, are yeah. you are you bleeping me? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. Was well, what what, what was your what was your take when that happened? The tip was just amazing, just just how just a little flicked right there, and and then when they were showing the replay over and over, I'm like, oh holy crap! This is like this is this is a great shot and a great reaction. Yeah, it was a it was a great shot for Barton, and you know to have Hawkins have that on his have that flick and to get it into the back of the net, I was just absolutely astounded. I was absolutely astounded. It was 5-4. And I'm saying to myself, I said, okay, we've got the lead. And then I, I then my mind went, like I said, went back into that creeping mo- mode again. And like, oh, God, we got the lead now. How much? And then I looked, how much time we've got left in this game? Because somehow, some way, it's going to happen. But, you know, the defense finally stood up. Didn't let Idaho get an opportunity to get into the, into the Toledo offensive zone. And you know, you know, miss after miss under the open net. But you know, I take yeah, the five. I take this five. I take this five four win over anything. Yeah. See, and and uh, Idaho probably even had a good rest last night too. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was mentioning that earlier on the show. I said, you know, isn't it amazing that Idaho came into Toledo? They came into Toledo on Monday. On Monday. They came in on Monday. They were at the Renaissance for the last two days. Okay, they've been at the Renaissance for the last two days because there was a tweet Monday, uh, Tuesday morning from Idaho saying, Good morning from Toledo. So they were in Monday night where half of our team was still out in Idaho on Tuesday afternoon. 
They were still, half the team was still out in Idaho. They were coming back Tuesday night. And they come back, they play tonight, and they win. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yep. I mean, I mean, but the conditions that they were playing in, playing in Saturday and Sunday, to sleep in a sleep in a in the suite, suites and as well as in the locker rooms or wherever they could find a bed, you know, I just couldn't believe that story that came out about that. But at the same time, too, these guys are professionals. You know, situations like this have to happen. It can't be just because of you know, you know, the situation that. Could, I mean, yes, it could throw off your game, but you got to play through the adversity of the situation. And you know, they didn't, they couldn't get through that adversity. They lost those two games out in Idaho. Now you're home. You're sleeping in your own bed. You don't have the. Hopefully, you didn't carry the bed bugs and the mouse droppings that you had out in Boise, Idaho, back to back to Toledo. Because God willing, we don't need to have that happen. But you know, you're sleeping in your own bed. Now you have Idaho. That's you know. You know, in 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 a, in a hostile, and this is now a hostile environment for them. I mean, they they only drew what four thousand four hundred in their two games. We drew eight thousand three hundred in attendance tonight, standing room only. You know, yep. this is this is you know this is a different environment for them. Absolutely different environment. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see. Going forward, if they can take this, if, do you feel like the momentum is starting to swing towards Toledo because of this, uh, uh, with this win tonight? Because in my opinion, I think it is. It's starting to project up, but I just don't feel like you know. I just don't want us to be like taking it all the way high and then hitting and crashing into the floor come Friday night. I think. Mean- I think uh, you can only, you can only look up from here. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just start strong, like uh, like they did tonight, and go from there. And that's um, just make your shots. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like just a there's just a little still a little. I thought too slow at getting around on the power plays in the beginning. Yeah, that's. But other, it's like other than that, uh, that, that's my nitpick in there. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like you know we're seeing this team draw more penalties in this series more than we did in the other two series. I, I mean, bear in mind, you know, they were Cincinnati and in Indianapolis as teams that we see each see many of times before. But the thing is, for me, it's, you know, we're drawing more penalties on ourselves and we're shooting ourselves more in the foot because we, Idaho has scored at least two power play goals in each of the three games that the Fish and Idaho have, and the Steelheads have played against each other. So you're giving them, you're basically counting them for two goals on the power play. We have to stop taking, in my opinion, like some of the stupid penalties and some of the penalties that are just a bad break, whether it be if it's if we're if we're giving up a play like the whole situation with um oh my goodness uh with the bliss situation bliss or I forget who it was who was on a breakaway and he took the slash but then he takes the hot takes the high stick for the for the cut I forget his name I forget him off the top of my head I think it was Sobrango maybe it's Sobrango it, it might have been Sobrango because. He was going on a break. The kid from Idaho was going on a breakaway. He hits him with the slash. You know, he was definitely beaten on the play. But he, yeah. he draws the penalty. And that could have hurt it in two ways. Because you think about it. If Sobrango, if he was going in and hit the slash as he was trying to make the play and shoot the puck on the net and the slash happened, that could have drawn a penalty shot. And it could have been, you know, Costa could have stopped it or he could have gave it up. Could be a five. It could have been a five-three game at that point, and the momentum would have been back into Idaho's favor. So you can't take any of the stupid penalties, and you can't take the bad break penalties too at the same time. Right. They these are these rests, and it's just tough to 
because there's blatant ones that are right in front of them that they don't call. Mm-hmm. But then they'll call something like totally random that, you know, they've let go, you know, for two periods. But right. then all of a sudden they're going to call it. <laughs> right, right. And, and for me, it's the fact that, you know, if it's happening right in front of you, why aren't you calling it? You know, if it's I mean, right, I mean, I mean, register, the, register, like just blew some guy, blew up one of the players. And I'm like, and they just watch it, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, stuff I mean, like that. I mean, it, it's something like that, stuff like that. You need to, you need to call if it's right in front of the official. But if it's like way off the play, and you're hearing the, you're hearing the shouting and the, and the, and the gist, the gist of things, you know, and then you raise your hand straight up because you think that there's a penalty being called you know that it, it, it's it's interesting it's it, it's very interesting to see it, it, i i mean the echl does a great job with some of with his officiating when it comes to like when we get to the finals and sometimes when you get into the conference finals but it just depends on what you know what officiating crew you're going to get too at the yeah. same time because you could have one that's going to keep the whistle in his pocket the entire time and let him play or you're going to have one that's going to be every 15 20 seconds blowing the play dead for penalty or for being for I, I like the one thing I will give I will give the officiating one thing definitely one thing tonight Wes uh the whole situation with uh into the third period when Toledo was caught napping on the defensive side and was a two on none breakaway and and you know uh Costa stops it and then they crash into the net the official just did the circle I think kept the play going kept the play going because Idaho crashed the net they took the net off the moorings and they weren't going to let them have an offensive zone face off and they let and they let the play go and let Toledo get down into the ice and into Idaho zone and then of course the puck got loose went into the Toledo zone, that's when they blew the play dead. But I got to give credit to the officials because they saw that the momentum was going towards towards Toledo. Toledo had the puck. They put the puck, they put, they put the puck in the Idaho zone, but they never capitalized. So I got to give the credit on the officials of that because, you know, a lot of those officials would just blow the play dead and put the face off at the neutral zone. But this time they put the face off, after that happened, the face off into the Idaho zone. So I got to give credit to the officials on that situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can do they can do something right once in a while. Once in a while, they can do something right. You know, <laughs> uh, you, yeah. you you sit by you sit by the Idaho bench. How was their reaction after they after they gave up the the game winning basically the game winning goal? Was it was it more was it more of a dejected look? Like, did it feel like did it looked like that they were like hanging their heads down a little bit, or did it feel like you know it's you know it's just it's just one we can get we'll get back into it. Um, there, I, I saw him John more, um, uh, at the refs and then also at Wally players when they were, when they, when the momentum wasn't going their way then. Yeah. Um, that's what I noticed. Did you feel like they were, the, do you feel like they were trying to get something going? Like they were trying to, you know, try to instigate something so that, you know, that Toledo could take the bait and. Get a get a free power play out of the situation. Do you, do you think? Uh, uh, I I didn't notice any of that actually. Okay, because okay, you know sometimes I, uh, they'll they'll the opposing team will try to you know get Toledo or get get their opponent off their off their rocker a little bit by saying something or doing something, and that could cause a retaliation penalty. And nine times out of ten, they get the second guy before they get the first guy. And that's where I was thinking that, you know, maybe Idaho was trying to do that and, you know, trying to be like Andrew Sturtz a little bit and plant the seeds a little bit and, you know, get something going for possibly what Friday night's going to be at the bank tank this upcoming Friday and for game four of this Western Conference Championship Series. Did you feel? Did you feel like they were trying to get seeds uh, seeds going a little bit on that? Um, yeah, I uh, there was because there's there was there's some John going back and forth. Um, I, uh, I didn't pay attention. To, it was uh, Becker, I think. Okay. 
Becker was a, uh, and then, um, shoot, I, I don't have my don't have my roster with me. Okay. Um, uh, uh, last name starts with K. Uh, Canunum, Canunum, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was going at it too. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, quick, 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 another question for you. Did you see besides the two that were in front of you? Were there any other Idaho contingencies at the arena tonight? Um, I I did not see any anybody else. Okay. Just, just those two. Just those two. Okay, because yeah. you know sometimes they will send, you know some of them will make the trek, like how Toledo fans could go out to Idaho to watch, or go wherever the the wall I go, they go. I felt like maybe some of the Idaho fans was you know Idaho had the two O series lead, they could come into town to you know possibly watch their their team possibly take the series, but. Right now, it doesn't look like the series is the the momentum's like I said going back to, to Toledo's favor, but but I figured maybe there would be a few more Idaho fans than the two that you saw, but you know that's good to see. You know, the, at least you know there's at least a couple of them out there more than. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more Friday and Saturday. Yeah, probably because of the holiday weekend, so they'll all be traveling by then. So Wes, I gotta yeah. ask. Yeah. So Wes, I gotta ask you a question. What is your one key for Game Four, for this upcoming upcoming Friday night for Game Four of the Fifth? Uh, um. One, I, I'd say, power play is gonna be key, and man, not giving up um, penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the main and and Lessman. Yeah. Hopefully Lessman can can uh, stand up the way Kosa did tonight. Yeah. I, I I would like to see more protection for Lethman in, in in the goalie situation. Of course, I mean Kosa got ran into a couple times in this game tonight. One was drawing of the penalty, of course, in the in the third period. But I like to see I like to see our guys, you know, standing up more for our goaltender when it comes to you know. You know, getting pushed around and stuff like that, and they and they are doing that in some aspects, but at the same time too, I like to see them, you know, stand up for him a little bit and you know protect him and see how that just, you know, see if it see if that will help him out. And I agree with you on the power play situation. You can't take can't take bogus penalties. You got to be clean. It's got to be a clean penalty in some aspects, and you can't give up too many penalties because Idaho will just absolutely capitalize. On the opportunity that they that they they've been getting in these last three games, so I mean, and I thought tonight with them drawing first blood and scoring first, when they scored first, I felt like you know it was almost like a sigh, and I I was wondering the same thing. I was going to ask you the same thing. Oh. Did you feel like it was a sigh of relief a little bit that he finally got one oh. past him after after two two games over almost two and a half period almost. Six and a half periods of hockey, you finally get past, get one past him, and it just felt like you felt like they had them, felt like they were just due for the goal. They were due for the goal, but did it feel like that you, did it feel to you like it's like, oh my God, thank God we finally, this goaltender is actually human and we can actually get get one past him? If it's like Predator, (laughs) if it bleeds, we can kill it. (laughs) <laughs> so so yeah it, we had a had a nice uh yeah good sigh of relief when we saw go, the pug go in yeah so we know no he's not not uh he's fallible he's not he's not sergey Bobrovsky quality but you know that's just that's just the that's just the way it is sometimes you know yep yep yep, yep. And and one and one final question I'll ask you before we uh we get you we'll send you on your way here. So the crowd tonight, of course, eight thousand three hundred. I mean, did it feel like it was eight thousand three hundred tonight, Wes? Um, it yeah, it did. It, I mean, probably or number wise, there probably wasn't the, that exact number due to it being. On Wednesday, mm-hmm. but it, it did sound like it. I yeah. should say, and it it felt like more like a playoff atmosphere 
in the crowd tonight than you know it, it wasn't like a it wasn't like going to like I I I was thinking of it this way. They were down four one. It felt like going like you were at a funeral. When they took the lead, when they took the lead, it felt like you were at a jubilation party, basically. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, you you, you could definitely say that. You could, okay, great, great. All right, Wes. Well, uh, can I count you in for uh, game four for post game for game four? Yep, sure right. can. All right, perfect, Wes. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, Enjoy the win tonight, you know, uh, take it all in, and in about 48 hours from now, we'll see if see if we're two, if we're even at 2-2 for our best of five series, or we're 3-1, and we're thinking, oh no, we're going to end this at, we're, they're going to end this at home, so we'll see what happens. Yep, yep. All right, Wes, it's oh. good talking to you, I'll talk to you later, all right? Okay, sounds good, Andy, all right. good talking to you. Good talking to you, and go walleye. All right. Go walleye. You just heard Wes Carr joining us right here on All Andy Elford tonight, right here on the All Andy Elford Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you are listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. Of course, the Tigers, a big win tonight. The uh, recapping, of course, some other stuff around. Baseball, of course, the Tigers are winners 6-4 to tonight over the Kansas City Royals. The uh, Guardians fall to the White Sox today by the score of 6 to nothing, And the Reds, a huge win tonight, 10-3 over the Cardinals. Uh, the Mudhens had a day game this afternoon against the Rochester Red Wings. They fall 3 to nothing in that affair. Uh, so the Hens are on a bit of a slide as of late. And we'll get more and we'll dive more into that in a regular edition of All Andy Alford, possibly tomorrow night, right here on the All Andy Alford Network. So bear with us on that. We might have our regular show, but so and we're gonna do some housekeeping really quickly for you. We're on the 14th season of All Andy Alford. This is the 14th year of us doing this podcast. Next, after the end of the walleye postseason run, we're going to take a few, you know, a week off to get reset, to get you ready for season 15. And we're going to lead that all off in the middle of June, which will then lead us into the Dana Open, of course. And like I said, we're 50 days out from the Dana Open coverage, and we're going to give you more coverage on the Dana Open as it comes more and more to the dates. Uh, in the in next 50 days, we'll have round one coverage for you right here on the All Andy Alford Network as well as on Facebook Live. Also, of course, Bowling Green football. We'll talk about that as well. And season 15 coming up as well as the look to find the new head coach for our Columbus Blue Jackets as well. And the run for the Tigers as this is the final season for Miguel Cabrera as well as the Guardians and the Reds. So, there's all that for you. But, of course, tonight, the big story tonight is the fish, the walleye, a huge win tonight over the Idaho Steelheads as they come from behind with the win tonight by the score of 5-4. to four. It started off with Brett McKenzie at the 326 mark of the first period, jumping out to the early one nothing lead. But then Idaho capitalizing at the 1555 mark, uh, Demonsky, Demonsky getting his getting a goal, and then at the 18-21 mark, Kamiran gets the goal, making it a 2-1 game after 20 minutes of play. Idaho then capitalized with two back-to-back goals, one at the 114 mark by Pelton Price, and then he capitalizes for a second of the evening at the 802 mark of that same period. The Fish were down 4-1. They rallied back as they started with Gordy Green at the 9-12 mark of the second period making it a 4-2 game, and then Drew Warag getting his getting a goal in the third period at the 4.57 mark of the third period, making it a 4-3 lead, and then the game-tying goal from, from Tutayev at the 13-13 mark of the period, making it a 4-4 game, and then Barton takes the shot from the top of the face-off dot, face-off dot in the Idaho zone, it gets flicked by Brandon Hawkins into the back of the net by against Sneed, 
and he takes the lead 5-4. to four. That is the final as the Fish, a 5-4 win over the Idaho Steelheads. Toledo 2-for-6 on the power play. Idaho 2-for-5 as Toledo outshot Idaho in the game 32-30 to 30 in this affair. So there is the recap, of course, as the Fish are now two games down, two games to one to Idaho. Game 4, Friday night, 7-15, puck drop. At the bank tank, tickets are slim to none left. If they have standing room only left, go down to ToledoWallEye.com, 419-725-WALL, or, visit, or head down to the Huntington Center box office tomorrow morning to get your tickets for Game 4 in the standing room only section. Of course, the Mudhens are home this week to play Rochester. They will play tomorrow night, 6.30 is first pitch. They'll play 6.30 on Thursday. They will have a game Friday night, 7.05, Saturday is a 5:35 first pitch, and Sunday is a is a 4:30 first pitch. With it being Memorial Day on Monday, so bear with us on that. Of course, like I mentioned before, Idaho will play uh, Florida tomorrow night, 5:30 Eastern. Uh, 5:30 Eastern puck drop, 6:30 our time puck drop, and then they will as. Uh, Florida, excuse me, Florida is up two games to one on the Newfoundland Growlers in that series. Of course, like I mentioned before, Florida, a huge win tonight over Carolina. They sweep the Hurricanes and our Eastern Conference champions. They head to the Stanley Cup final to take on either Vegas, who is up three games to nothing, on the Dallas Stars. So, there's that for you. We'll be back on the air on Friday night for a special post-game edition of All Andy Offer right here on the All Andy Offer Network as well as on Facebook Live. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week after the hockey season, but we do special editions right here on Facebook Live as well as on the All Andy Offer Network as well. So until I talk to you guys on Friday night, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice, Hawkins. And keep your stick on the ice for everybody else. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go, Walleye! Keep it up. Let's get some momentum. Go Reds. Go Tigers. Go Guardians. And go Heads. Go Falcons. Go Jackets. And more birdies, less bogeys, as they are now in the LPGA match play this week. Because victory is always sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great night, everybody, and a great rest of the week. I'll talk to you guys Friday night, right here on Facebook Live, as well as on the All Andy Offer Network, right here, on powered by Spotify. Love you guys. Talk to you guys soon. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, right here on Spotify. You have listened to the show on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen to the show, and whenever you listen to the show, thank you so much for tuning into the show. As always, you can follow our show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com. All, all sports lines are provided by Barstool Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit GamblingCenter.com. The podcasts are recorded right here on Spotify.